0: getting you out of the church and back into the wild. Welcome to the Barbarian Prophet. All right, as we continue on with our story with Jeremy, uh, once again, you're in part two of at least a two-part story. I don't know, when you're interviewing Forrest Gump, would you stop with just one story? That's my question. Now it isn't that he's going to say, "Hey, Bubba, you're going to trip, you're going to uh, set off a tripwire with that lip or anything to that effect." But yeah, he is—he yeah. is uh, he has definitely brought us through up to this point where he's in the military. If you have not listened to part one of this, go back and listen before you do this. And right now, we're going to take off with. He has been invited to church. Let's back up right there to that sure. moment. Gotcha. You get invited. You're you're. Where are you at for starters? So, uh, at
1: this point in time, I should be in uh, Kuwait. Okay, uh, so Camp you're... Arif John, Kuwait. It's kind okay, of like you, the main base there.
0: You've tucked the family to the side, you've mm-hmm. tucked God to the side, you're in Kuwait. Yep. Uh, we are post- mission
1: focused for six months pretty much straight. That's all I've been focused on is the mission.
0: That's it. And you are uh, in the army, and you are part of. I always remember this with you, General Patton's army. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, one of the one of the units we were attached to was Third Armory. So that was a uh, Patton's army, absolutely. Yeah. And that uh, sure enough.
0: Dude, that impresses me. Yeah, well, okay. I, I wish I
1: wish it was more impressive. There's not that much to it other than a paperwork deal, but uh, but it was still, you know, it's still kind of a neat piece of history. It is, you a know, great piece um, of history to, to know that you were part of Third Army that uh, you know swept uh, Europe. You yeah, know, so, absolutely,
0: yeah. and 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 you guys, uh, you know, when we uh, have soldiers in that in that mindset that truly understand history, mm-hmm. and they build that is a belonging to something. Sure, sure. You know, and I mean, it's just like the screaming eagles and, and, and in the, in the core, all of it, you, Mm -hmm. you grasp centuries, decades, and uh, you hang on to that history and you, because you're becoming a part of it. Yeah. Now, you get invited to an even better army. That's right. That's right. And you get invited to something that has even greater history. That's right. And, and that that is really... Of winning. Of winning. History of winning. Of oh, history of winning. <laughs> a history that he may have swept Europe. Uh, Jesus has swept the planet. That's right. That's so right. Uh, let's hit this. You get invited yeah. to church.
1: So one of my best buddies over there, Tom Choate's name, and he invites me to uh, to church. And uh, I was saying how it just hit me like a brick that I hadn't even talked to God. I hadn't even, you know, I um, He had, was there the whole time, but I, I just didn't invite Him to this mission because I had my stuff to do. And uh, you know, one of the things is just a side note. We we do a men's ministry, um, and uh, it was a constant theme. We talk about every Sunday, almost or multiple Sundays throughout the year on how. We just took control and didn't bring God into it. We just started handling it, right? Because that's what
0: us men's do is we handle stuff. You know, in in, the book of Psalms, David says, oh, how many times I've taken my life in my own hands. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. That's exactly what it is. So so I go to
1: the church and I mean, I'm just, you know, crushed and... uh, um you know i've got a music background so i asked you know if i can help like yeah we need anybody you know so um so i'm playing the drums for them on sundays and you know whenever we do any other kind of worship service because sometimes when um when units would come back you know we'd put on a special church service to help them kind of decompress from all the you know bad stuff that they had just seen uh from the battlefield and um and so i'm 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 playing the drums. If there's another drummer and we don't have a bass player, I'm playing the bass. If there's that's covered or we don't have anybody to sing, then I'm singing, you know, I ain't got a great voice, but you know, it's just talking in a different rhythm, right? That's all <laughs> singing. Really. Is. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. You're just talking at a different pace. So, you know, it, everybody can sing, you know, so that is true. So, uh, so every would, voice was made for praise. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, so I was, you know, doing that, uh, with the, with the worship, uh, worship teams, And, um, even when I was running the convoy, uh, when we go to bases in Iraq, if we went and there was a worship thing going on, I would go there and either just do a worship service or, or, you know, hang out with the ones that were doing it and just participate. And so it was kind of a cool deal, you know? So did you see any guys baptized over there? So, yeah. So me and a whole bunch of guys actually, uh, got, I got baptized in the Persian Gulf. And um, awesome. so it was really neat. I, I have a picture somewhere of it and a little certificate. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was actually baptized in the Persian Gulf with uh, a whole crew of of other, you know, soldiers and stuff. So it was really neat. Some people were actually getting baptized in the Tigris River and stuff like that. But that was kind of a hot spot. Right. And um, I, um, you had to kind of. I think I would say some of those guys were probably. Living at a base near there, right? Because uh, that's 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 definitely hot zones. You know, uh, we drove through there. I crossed the Tigris, you know, new phrase, uh, a couple of different times, uh, where we had where we had gone. But because um, we drove literally all around Iraq. You know, I've right. been um almost um the t- farthest north that's I Babylon, went was man. To, oh yeah it was yeah and the ancient city of Ur. And yeah. a lot of a lot of different yeah, things. you're you're right there this in the midst of the Bi- Bible. Yeah, absolutely. I,
0: I mean that that is one thing that mm-hmm. I know that several soldiers re- that have come home, several of, of my military friends that have come home, they say, "Man, you all you get a true feel for this if you spend any time in Scripture there at all, and you start looking up where you're at, you start to realize what up."
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just a. It, you can really appreciate a whole different thing because there's still some, uh, definitely some third world country to a lot of those places that we went. Yeah. You know, um, they're still gathering salt. Ladies were gathering salt from these areas and carrying it in these yeah. baskets of salt we'd drive by on the highway and just different things that we'd see. And, uh, but anyway, so, um, so you know, we take the convoy mission and, you know, we're doing some dangerous, going into some dangerous places and, um, and you know, God just filled me with courage, and confidence, and just the 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 mindset that there was no bullet gonna you know touch me, and right. uh, like uh, one of the most memorable experiences of my life there was we they made these little. Uh, Guarded compounds for fuel because you know, hummers can't go that far running, you know, past as fast <laughs> as they can. Not when you're getting three you know, miles and, to the and, gallon, and, and they're all overweighted with these up armor kits they weren't designed for, you know. So it's like, you know, so we're at this place called Scania and we're fueling up, and um, you have to fuel up and leave because there's another convoy coming, there's just not space. And right when we finish fueling up, there is a firefight going on right outside the base, and I mean, it's just. You know, machine gun fire, things blowing up, it's on, it's hot and heavy, you know, and you could just see the look in you know, the different guys' eyes in the unit of like, you know, we're, we have to go, we have to drive through that, you know, with 30 vehicles, 36 vehicles, five of us are security vehicles, others are semis. And now we're the target. And we're going right out, you know, and I just remember this, this feeling of confidence and just camaraderie and running around and, you know, grabbing people by their flak vest and shaking them and saying, you got this. You're with me. We're going to be okay. God's on our side. Slapping them on the helmet. Get up. Get fired up. We're going to do this. Get your guns ready. Get your stuff ready. It's going to be okay. Let's go. And so I remember that motivational feeling and I'm getting chills just, you know, talking about yeah, it. Just, yeah. you know, reliving that time where, you know, I knew I was going into something hot, but I didn't have to worry about it, you know, right. because we're good. You know, and we just went out, it and nobody got hit by a bullet. You know, we didn't lose anybody in my whole company. That's awesome. Uh, we had a, a couple uh, traffic wrecks that were bad. We actually did get hit with some RPGs, but um, they didn't train as well as we trained. So we always pull the pin, or we know we always arm our stuff before we shoot it. (laughs) Some of those guys didn't, you know. And uh, we that is also amen.
0: God taking care of you. We just appreciate God. Just have an
1: angel keep that pin in that rocket, so when it hits the vehicle, just glances off and scares you to death. You know that rocket's getting ready to hit us. Yeah, but um, but uh, you know it was it was good. Uh as far as as all those things go um left there with clear conscience but definitely you know changed my life you know um yeah, you've been to war yeah and um come home to just a hero's welcome just thousands of people you know following us on our bus and I mean it's just like um you know I'll back up just a little bit when we left I Kuwait is where we would have flown out from we went to Keflavik Iceland uh an, an air force base to um refuel and, and you know and do the the next part and uh, they had us get off the plane and all these service members came out and just clapped and just hugged and it was like the first time because I was um like 513 days I think is what I was in country for so, you know, we're right at that 15, 16-month mark. And uh, so it was like the first time that guard was actually down as much as it could be down. You right. know, hours from the combat zone. Um, it was the first time of like an embrace from folks. Right. You know, and uh, it was touching. I mean, we were just... I know, I was just crying and, and just, you know, it was, it was probably the beginning of my softening and my heartbreaking. And right. it was probably one of the first times that I ever felt that emotion of an, a heartbreaking situation. And it was uh, it was a big deal. And then, you know, from um, Iceland, I think we may have pulled into Dover, Delaware. And, you know, it was like the same thing. And then we go to uh, uh, Indianapolis because um, we're demobilizing at at uh, Camp Atterbury, Indiana, and you know we just keep running into these people that are just you know, they're just loving on us, and you know it was just a huge patriotic time, and uh, just a lot to take in after you just come from you know um, seeing some some uh, bad stuff and right. dealing with um, just you know one of the one of the things that um, being Veterans Day that I think people need to understand. Is that you know? I'm not sure. I wasn't that guy that really counted. Um, I don't know how many missions that we did. Right um, on the convoys. I know we went over 8,000 miles worth of convoys because we got a little badge for that. But um, you know, if you want to try to put yourself in what that combat veterans experience. Is that says, this is the thing that's different. Right. Is, you know, in my little bit of personal property, you know, in Kuwait and Iraq, I had a a long sleeve Harley Davidson shirt because I had a Harley V-Rod, you know. Right. Um, And uh, I had, you know, my wedding ring. Mm Mm-hmm and there was just very few possessions that i really had with me you know but when you know you're going to go into some dangerous places um you know you've got so many things that you haven't had a chance to say to people so you know i had letters right you know <clears throat> So, <clears throat> just have to bear with me for a minute. No,
0: you're fine, brother.
1: <clears throat> there are things that you can uh, you can write down, but uh, there's some things that you have to be willing to have somebody safe for you. Amen. So, uh, so this guy, Tom, you know, I'd go to him before mission and I had my, uh, Harley Davidson shirt with my, uh, clone on it for my wife. Right. And I said, you know, Hey, give this to her. And it's a letter for her. And I, I need you to tell her these things. Right. From me to her. And then there was this list of people, you know, you go down and we'd pray and, We cry, you know, all these different things. But uh, preparing yourself for to face your mortality Mm -hmm. over and over again is just a different thing. And I think that is probably the thing that changed me was that I understood that I was going to be okay. I'm a child of God. Right. I know that my wife's going to be okay. She's a child of God. I know these people are going to be okay, but I also know that there is this loss that's going to be felt. Um, because I'd lost all these people right through my childhood, you know. Right. Um I didn't have any children at the time, you know, and and that's part of what the rest of the is going to talk about. But to prepare yourself to know that you're getting ready to walk into a high proximity of death and that there's some folks that need to know some things and just preparing yourself for that, it's a different thing. It's a different thing to walk through. And it's something that yeah, it tugs is at other,
0: meaningful. You know? Yeah, it tugs at other emotions and sure.
1: things that you're not used to always having pulled on. Right. And, and still up to this point, I'm still dealing with some coldness and some walls and some, some of that kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, it's just, it's a, I can tell you that that's, that's the thing that the veteran goes through and that the public service and the, you know, the, the emergency responders, they, they go through, uh, this thing that Hey, we could have died. You know, so many, so many times, you know, we're going into situations where we don't realize it till afterwards, <laughs> you know, or that exact moment. Uh, but when you're uh, when you're taking combat missions, there's like this lead up to it, right? You know, you've got these days. You know, you're going on this mission, so now you're meant. To, it's it's just it's a different thing when we walk into something. This just happened. We got to do it, and versus we know we're getting ready to go guns blazing or you know, be ready for whatever here. And there's just this build up to it. Um, but but I think that was the beginning of God really starting to break my. heart. Heart uh, in a good way. And uh, uh, in my men's group a couple weeks ago, uh, one of my guys was talking about how he felt that breaking of his heart. He's starting to understand what I mean. He thought that meant I was sad when I would say breaking my no. heart. I'm like, no, no. No, it that doesn't have anything to do with feeling. Like yeah. you're actually feeling something, maybe for the first time right. or the first time in a long time, you've had feeling come over your body. Because, you know, we can all. Create those boxes, and right? All you you these. quit
0: having a stone heart, yeah. and you start to have, yeah, that f- heart of flesh that God That's has right. created inside of you. And Amen. and all of a sudden, it's you may have had it for a long time, yeah. but all of a sudden, it's feeling things. Yeah, right. It, it it's beating. You know, when yep. when we get to heaven, I tell guys all the time when the, when you get to heaven, he's gonna check your heart, and there's gonna be scars on it mm-hmm. because it was flesh. Yep, and it got hurt. And then you let him heal it. That's the beauty of a scar. Yeah, is it got healed? That's right. And uh, so you're you're feeling that. So. Yeah. yeah, You know,
1: one of the greatest Christianese you know terms I think that I've heard in the last couple of years is it's a heart condition. Hmm. I like it. I'll go with that. The whole thing of really experiencing and getting to know Jesus and know God and know where you are and know whose you are is a heart condition yeah you gotta let them in that heart i'd go with how you've conditioned your heart and how you've conditioned your mind is really where is part of where you're gonna be in that relationship with jesus because you gotta let them in um but anyway so um so come home and you know and they tell us that uh you know it's gonna take you know somewhere between maybe 6 to 18 months for you to kind of reestablish yourself with your family and roles. And, um, so I come back, uh, to, to work. Um, I got demoted from being a Sergeant because of a union grievance. Some guys who were more senior than me got my stripes. I had to go back to being a CO, <laughs> and, uh, they gave me a hug and they said, don't worry LT, it's going to be okay. And that LT is Lieutenant. Right. Right. So, uh, so when I get back from Iraq, you know, they wanted to make sure that my head was, was good. And, you know, after a couple months I was promoted Lieutenant and, um, you know, my warden said, "You know, we we really think your future's bright. You, you need to go to college." And uh, when I uh, took the police academy, I took it at the University of Cincinnati, so I had about a year of college at that yeah. point. And I said, "Okay." So I got into um, University of Phoenix on ground. So I went to a classroom for University of Phoenix and uh, did my uh, associate and bachelor's. And I liked college so much that I thought I wanted to teach it. So I transferred, uh, after I finished my bachelor's, I went to Tiffin University and got my master's degree. And so now I'm working full-time at the prison, uh, policing a little bit, still in the guard, going to school double full-time because while I'm at the University of Phoenix, I'm on ground and I'm online, doing both so I could wrap it up faster.
0: And and that's the way he lives his whole life, yeah. even today. And that's why I say, when I can capture him for a minute, I did it. Oh uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. I mean, it's great. <laughs> worked
1: out good. We're just keep looking out the window see if it snows because uh, you know foreshadowing. We have a landscaping business. and may have to remove some snow tonight. Yeah, that's but, uh, uh,
0: that's why I texted you earlier <laughs> yeah, and said, right? uh, are we still good? Because yeah, I yeah. can see what's coming. We're sure. getting that northern that mm-hmm. northern wind.
1: Yeah. So uh, so anyway so you know I do this whirlwind of college and you know it's even harder on the family so now instead of trying to figure out our roles between Shannon and I and everybody else it's like now I'm going to school full time and more than that on top of it and just never really got that chance to reconnect and just do all these things I just I'm just a doer I just jumped into the new doing mode so I'm I'm newly promoted I'm taking on all these responsibilities. Um, all this stuff's going on. It's just crazy. And, um, I, uh, you know, we just, we, we experienced some, some really tough times ourselves, and you know, we're hurting each other and we're just, you know, not being nice to each other and things are going bad in my marriage. They just are going towards a separation. There's just no doubt about it. You know, um, uh, one of the things that I had even got to the point to where I took the two most, you know, valuable possessions I had my drums and my guns and had them at a friend's house because I thought this was going to go bad, you know, okay. and uh, and I, I man, Shannon had a, a great just time of just talking and and confessing and just praying and, uh, forgiven and conceiving a child all in 24 hour period. We're pretty sure, you <laughs> yeah, know, and we just, you know, you know we,
0: we're angry. Let's yeah, have a baby. Right. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but we just had
1: truly had forgiveness and, and just, yeah, just, that's the just, best part. You know, we just let it all go and said, you know, you know, we both knew that we wanted to be together, but we just couldn't be with each other the way that that person was treating them in yeah. the way that. You know, and it was it was two sided for both of us. We were both doing you know things that just weren't you shouldn't be doing.
0: Right. And um, yeah, I'd like to get her on here and get her perspective because you run a thousand miles an hour Mm -hmm. all the time with all this stuff. That's right. And you know, here again. So let me ask you: in the college, and you got all this thing going on. Where's God in that in that part? Did he get set aside again?
1: Yeah, I would say probably uh, for a big part. Once I got back in, that yeah. You know, yeah. definitely. Because it sounds mm-hmm. like once again. I mean, I'm going to church. Yeah. yeah, But yeah. you can, a lot of people yeah. go to church. Yeah, a lot of people you know, go to but church. But that don't mean there's any anything else, you know, yeah. and, and that's, that's probably where I was. And there was, you know, I was uh, in and out of a relationship with God, I would say, because, you know, I was still having times and I was still worshiping and I was still... You know active with music in the church and i was still definitely feeling connected and that's where i feel the strongest connectedness to god is when i'm playing the drums worshiping him that's you know i told somebody today today's sunday so we just left for church and you know they told me that all the music was so good and you know i said hey i'm glad you liked it but I was doing that for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, I'm not even <laughs> you know? really yeah. Thanks for sharing and yeah, what I'm that. doing with him. Yeah, no, uh, right? Absolutely. You know? And it was just funny, you know, teasing. But truly, that's that's what I'm doing i absolutely I'm doing my worship. And yeah, if there's people there, great. You know, but you Yeah, know, if
0: you were the only one showing up, yeah. you'd be just fine. It'd be just fine.
1: But uh so anyway, so we had this just great just day of just reconnecting and committing and recommitting and just you know all this stuff and um i told her i said well i've been i saw this building out in the in the cornfield that's a church and i really feel like god's calling us to that place so we drive that night over and see what time it opens cause i don't even know what the name of it was so we go to this church called fellowship of praise it's in clarksville ohio and just just rampant healing and yeah. everything that we needed, we're just getting fed and it's just coming alive, you know, in the spirit. And, um, and you know, we uh, recommit, went down to Gatlinburg, recommitted our vows down in Tennessee, you know, and just, just started living the way, you know, married folks are supposed to live and treating each other better. And just, you know, all yeah. these things are just, you know, making this radical improvement in our life. And uh, I got promoted again and um, I put on a suit and tie. And my, and my son, CJ, had been born, so he was about a year old. And I'm doing ugly work, right? Um, it's union. over. I'm labor relations, so I'm the hatchet man. I'm the guy who fires people. I'm the guy who uh, oversees employee investigations. I'm the guy who is a hand of HR. I work directly for the warden and for one of the warden's bosses at the central office level. So I, I kind of am carrying a big bat, you know, to right. um, my pen, you know, had some weight to it. And um, and I'm seeing all this horrible stuff. I'm seeing uh, some things that I'm not agreeing with as well, ethically, you know, and that kind of stuff. Right. And um, I am being recruited to our central office. And uh, I told him, I said, "Well, I can't go up there for a lateral because was a lateral promotion. So right. No, no right. Money, Just money change. Across. I'm gonna drive 15 miles now. I'll drive 65 miles one way, and you're not going to pay me more money. Yeah, that is but, very um, smart. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me at the time." So I come home. My wife has got terrible allergies. I always had them. She's just in agony for most of the year. Ohio is one of the worst places for allergies. You got all the people. Um, you've got major highways, and then everything grows about eighty percent humidity. So you got you know mold, and you know everything's green and all that stuff. So I come home. I said, Why are we still living here? I turned down two federal agent positions: one with ICE and one with. Um, uh, air marshals,
0: because we yeah uh, yeah
1: you're good we we just weren't willing to move, so I come home and I say why why are we still doing this? Her and my son are both just miserable from the allergies, right? And she said, well I think I'm ready. So we, bottom line is we call the whole family together and say let's let's move out west, let's get up in the altitude, let's get away from Ohio, let's just let's just start over, let's just do and Shannon's mom and dad. And Did you s- have a place in mind nope. yet? No, uh-uh. that was part of this. What, I bought pizzas. And we laid out atlases on my living room floor. Okay. And uh, and I said, you know, if we moved out west, we we wouldn't have to have the same problem, you know. Right. So uh, so they're cowboys. They were team ropers and all that kind of stuff in Ohio. They had arena and horses and all that stuff. And they're like, well, we really like Cheyenne because they come out here to the rodeo. And I said, I'm down with Cheyenne. I don't even care. Where's Cheyenne? You know. <laughs> you know I, I, right. What I part wrote, of Canada I wrote, is? I that bike, <laughs> Right. <laughs> I rode my bike to. Uh, Sundance Wyoming for Sturgis to go to Sturgis you know, oh, yeah. a couple of years prior so we stayed in Sundance so I know I'd, I'd been to Wyoming and I as a kid I stayed with my uncle in uh, Maelstrom Air Force Base at Great Falls Montana right. So i had been out west for a few weeks I was out here for like six weeks so I'm like yeah cool so we start taking we're gonna take four years we knew we we're gonna to try to have another child and we'll make sure everybody's healthy before I just quit my job of you know what's gonna be 20 years I'm promoting, going up, all this stuff. Everything's going good. Great job, great pay, great benefits. and uh, But I don't care.
0: You know, right? We'll you, just, you want something different.
1: You know, I feel like, I feel like, you know, it ends up becoming that we feel very much that we were called. We feel like this church fellowship of praise was part of our training and preparing us for what God was going to bring us to okay. here. Okay. Because like when we had our own kids... Um, now we're back uh, hanging out in preschool and nursery with our kids because we didn't want to leave them alone. We're just those people that we don't just leave our kids with, with the person that we don't know. Right. You know just, yeah. This is our thing. Everybody's different, not judging, just saying it's just not, not our thing.
0: You worked in prison system so, you for know, a I, long I've time. I've seen a lot of
1: bad, bad people. <laughs> and um, so uh, so anyway, so you no, know, we're getting active in preschool and, and nursery and all this stuff. And then um, we drive out here. And just a couple weeks before we go uh, to visit to see if we like Cheyenne, Shannon saw this thing about Casper and I thought I was just going to get another government job and um, my master's is in Homeland Security so I figured I'd jump on something training or something you know law enforcement or something out here right and um she finds this thing for casper and says well we should check out this casper when we drive up i'm like i'm down with casper i don't care you know let's look at that look at it so we go to cheyenne and there's no place in cheyenne that we feel settled like this is where we could live this is the place to be so we drive up here to casper and um right as we're coming around and we start seeing the mountain there's like this peace that's coming over us you know And, um, uh, we come up to Casper and we find all these different places that we, we would definitely would like to live, you know, build a house or buy a house. And, uh, the mountain's beautiful and the people here will just talk to you. I mean, we're talking to perfect strangers for 40 minutes, you know? That Uh, is one thing about Wyoming. I mean, it's it's just, it's friendly. And it's very
0: different in Casper than it is Cheyenne. It definitely is. Cheyenne is a great place. Yeah, for sure. It is, uh but there's a lot of people that they spend so much time working down in Colorado that they bring some of that mentality home with them. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, we feel really
1: rooted here and I go, we go to the Eastridge mall and we, uh, one of the guys there is doing security and uh, you know, I'm still you know, full law enforcement and all that stuff, you know? So I go to him and say, Hey man, this is me. We're looking at moving here. I'm, Law enforcement, what's the security law enforcement stuff like? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's good community, you know, good relationship with, with the cops and it's all good. And um, I'm like, okay, cool. So we run into this guy three different times while we're at the mall. Okay. Right? And every yeah. time we see him, we talk to him. His name's Thomas Road, and he lives here. He goes, uh, he, he asks us, he said, well, what kind of church? He's like, I go to a church with a really strong worship. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what well, what, what is it? You know what's up? He's like, it's called Hope Church. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, cool, man. We're like that. We're down with the workshop. I say, I'm a rock drummer, you know, and uh, keep that in mind, rock drummer. That's because that's how I would classify myself. I'm a rock drummer, you know, with some jazz influence. I would and, I
0: would classify you as that. As well. <laughs> okay, thank okay, you. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm in.
1: <laughs> but uh, but uh, he's like, yeah, you should come Saturday night. I'm like, well, we're actually leaving. But uh, you know, we told him. he said the the biggest thing we're gonna miss in Ohio is our church because we just found this church. It's just like it's it it just is what we needed and, and it was a, it's, it is a great place uh pastor matt morgan down there fellowship praise so uh so we start following hope church from ohio for a year before we move out here oh that's i didn't know that yeah so we're because it's the only thing we knew so um so we're getting close um the kids are doing good uh we you know are looking to sell our house i'm figuring out that we were also looking at starting a gym here in
0: Casper, but Casper's got a lot of gyms. It does. So have we decided a lot of gyms. not to do that. Everybody that works out decides to open a gym. Right. Right. Yep. I think that's how it works. So, uh, so
1: after I took this promotion at, at our central office, and I was a trainer at the academy, I was a supervisor there, mm-hmm. and uh, we helped rewrite the the how we taught things. So now I'm driving the 65 miles one way because I needed to know that I could drive. I never had to drive for a job. I didn't know what it was gonna be like, and if I'm gonna move my family 1,300 miles, I need to make sure I can do this. You know, right? right so, right. Uh, bottom line is, is uh, after a few years in HR, I realized that if I had my insurance license, I could come out here and we could just make it happen. So, I get my insurance license, and um, I uh, I fly out here and interview with some companies and. Uh, uh, I go through eleven houses in a weekend and say, "Okay, we'll take this one," you know, and bought a house while I was here. Right. And um, my it's, wife didn't even see it. I'm just like yeah. telling her about, it like, nice "Yeah, I think you'll like it, right?" And I'm yeah. sending pictures and stuff. <laughs> and uh, here, I'll take yeah, you through yeah, a virtual yeah. seat. So Let's, this is you where know, you'll
0: sleep, honey. This is awesome. So
1: you know, one of the things you're talking about, Shannon, is Shannon is like she understands, like she gets it, mm-hmm. like she puts her seatbelt on. Sometimes and she has to pull the thing down, you know like on the I'm roller married coaster, to a very just similar like woman. Just long for the ride and you know I'm going to support you and do my part and I'll figure out what my part is and you know she's a big piece of how
0: our business sis can do what they do, right? So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because she is she is definitely that is the very first impression I got of Shannon when I met you cuz I met you outside of Hope Church. Yeah. And they had said, hey Bert that guy has been in corrections before he because I do prison mm-hmm. ministry I went and talked to you a little bit about mm-hmm. it but I you know you were like, yeah we'll talk about it but I can see in your eyes that's not your area yeah and it's not maybe someday maybe someday yeah. but in that moment I knew I was like no he's I need to find out more of his story and as I went along I'm like I yeah if he ever wants to go he's more than welcome mm-hmm. but but his calling. He's build he's a builder of men. Yeah. And that and that's what I still see you mm. as. Uh and I know that for a fact. Yeah. I mean, because that is what you do is you build well, up Christian men to recognize that Christian men are not soft, um cuddly. Yeah. They are meant to be true men. And yeah. and I mean not in a Christianese kind of way. It's a uh, it's okay to have emotions. It's okay to have all that stuff, but yeah, that's something that I recognized in you Within that first little bit that I've right. seen you 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 live your life very open. mm mm-hmm. so, There's
1: it is what it is um, The good stuff I've done. I did the bad stuff. I've done I did yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, and um, changing
0: that Moving and forward Yeah, so you you look through 11 houses bam you buy one the wife goes. Thanks, babe. Bright mm-hmm. yep. color. I think. No. So that's the next part. I'm glad you said that. So she starts
1: calling painters in Casper because she wants the house in Casper painted the exact same color as the houses and the rooms at our house in Ohio. So the kids kind of have like this a transition.
0: Thing. That's very smart right? on the she's wife. Brilliant. I'm telling you. Wow.
1: So that's great. So she's talking to a painter mm-hmm. and uh, uh, comes to find out he goes to Hope Church. So he hears the story and everything, and he's like, I don't care what it takes, I'm painting your house. I'm bringing my mom in, we're gonna paint it tonight. I can't even, I can't, I don't have time to do it. We're gonna do it, we're gonna paint your house. So I'm like, cool. So uh, so we move, so I, I tell my, I get back from from my trip out here. I come in, I tell my boss, say, hey, listen, um, you, need, you need to understand, I'm gonna resign. I'm leaving the position, because I hadn't told anybody. Um, you can't share things In some jobs, because it will come back to bite you, or you know, if things didn't work out, then I may, you know, yeah, yeah, you're I I didn't tell, I didn't tell, you know, like I told three people about this idea of Casper or or Wyoming in general. Mm -hmm. That's it, and there were people that I could go to the wall with, if you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, the Mm -hmm. the wall, if you've been to the wall. But um, uh, so there, you know, now that people are like, "Are you okay? You're going to quit twenty-year job and move to?" Wyoming do you know where Wyoming is you know you're right part of Canada's right I'm like no it's great I'm great we're good and um so I just quit and uh we move out here and uh I met with some people before I left because I, I I thought I felt like God was moving in my life but I wanted to make sure for sure that it wasn't Jeremy that was moving in Jeremy's life it was God and I brought my pastor and I brought um Um, my preschool teacher from Ridgeville Christian School and the principal who had reconnected through this church in our family. And I, I brought, they came over to the house before we left. And I said, listen, I feel like I'm getting called to do something. I don't really think I'm pastor material, but I feel like God's calling me to do something. I don't know what it is. I said, I just need to hear, you know, what, what do you think? And Ron Munerspaul was the principal of the Christian school. And he said, he's, he got a big smile. He said, listen, there's so much work for the layman to do. Like you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to feel like that's your thing. He's like, if you just
0: go and you just do, it'll all work out. We have this tendency to think that every position is a pastor. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a move when we, when we read in scripture and it says that there are the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the preacher and the teacher, people always want to rush for that preacher job Mm -hmm. and they always want to rush for an authoritative job or a, uh, the prophetic, or they want to just get up and talk and move on. Yeah. But there's such a need for teachers. And a teacher doesn't always need to be in front of a classroom. A teacher needs to be that person that comes alongside of you or comes along a group of people and pushes them forward. And everybody is that person. Mm -hmm. Everybody. Now, you may not be called into that specific position, but we, uh, Christianity as a culture has made this tendency to where it, wants to put everybody in a pastor's role and not everybody is meant to be a pastor. That's right. But all of us are meant to share the gospel. Amen. Yep. And, and that's what, what he's yep. telling you. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yep. And
1: he's just telling me that if, if I just stay connected, that I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to you know get to know it so uh so we moved to casper boom we're here you know and like our first week here hope church was still meeting in the restoration building it was yeah. their last weekend there so we pull up and there's like a yellow ferrari and a porsche and like all this you know stuff and we're like what is this you know we rentals didn't, you know, we, no no re- i'm just kid. it I'm kidding no, it wasn't rentals <laughs> so you know we're walking in with these like what is this and we get there and like the worship team because it's their last time there they go through like all these original songs that they wrote because hope hope has written all these original worship songs so we're like oh yeah this is cool you we know we're digging it we're just sitting there in a the pew like you know outsiders because we just moved there we just literally have been in casper for hours you know and um and it was nice and it was welcoming and it was, it was good and we were digging it and um we go to we'd leave and as we're walking out the door, Fred Bruner, the pastor, comes running out the door, and he says, "Hey, hey, hey, folks, hey, I'm supposed to meet you." And that would be a Fred moment, and, right? Right for sure. <laughs> and we're like, "Oh yeah, hey, you know." So we introduce ourselves, and um, and that started a really beautiful friendship. I was hanging out with him this morning, and um, uh, and so you know we we get here, we start the business. I find out I really don't like insurance. <laughs> You know, it's just not my thing. You know, some guys can do it. It's just not. I mean, I sold it and we did okay, but I didn't like it. I felt like the insurance guy, like in a not a good way. So that wasn't a very long lasting thing. Um, But I got involved with some different stuff and, and, you know, I went, went back to, oh, hey, you know, I know how to landscape. And all this stuff worked out and we ended up starting this landscaping business and we've been, you know, just blessed. God's just really taking care of us and our business is doing great. And with all the training with the military and army stuff and all that and the law enforcement stuff, I'm a trainer and all these things. So the training business is going good. We're uh, getting ready to open up a detail shop. We got another project coming and just like all this stuff. But after I first get here, I feel this calling to learn more about this Wyoming Rescue Mission. Right. You know, yeah, so you, uh, I, I just was like called straight into just having to meet some people. I get called in. I feel like God says you need to ask them what they need. So I go and I meet with some guys from the mission. I go, so I heard you need something. What is it that you need? And they're like, we really need somebody to run this project because we got this 10th Avenue North concert coming to town. And we don't have a person to run this project. I said, OK. So I go and talk to them. They hire me to run this concert first time i've ever done anything like that with a non-profit i mean i've done some different events and we're involved with non-profits i think
0: right and our our rescue mission is different than anyone oh yeah that i've ever seen anywhere
1: sure and i, I honestly i never had any work with any kind of rescue mission i don't want to paint this picture
0: like i'm this guy i'm not i just heard about it right you know yeah yeah and you uh you came alongside them but Mm-hmm. You—that's definitely where God needed you in that moment.
1: Yeah, so it was really cool. So I learned about nonprofits, and the, you know, um, Brad Hopkins, the uh, uh, executive director over there—you know—he was. We were really gelling, and he got me trained in a bunch of things, and was just—you know—we um, uh, just worked really well together. And uh, so I spent a year with them on top of the insurance, and you know, getting the other things going. And I told him, you know, I was only going to be there until it was time for me to go because, I, you know, I'm definitely business focused on starting my business so uh, after a year i did um, a few different events with them and i learned about fundraising and it was really cool and uh, we ended up starting you know our landscaping business and it, it really has taken off but i got this i got this real being drawn to fundraising and enjoying the development side of helping a nonprofit. So I've helped some other nonprofits, you know, along the way, and you know, uh, either in a consultant basis or just trying to, you know, just help them, talk to them, and you know, help them decide what's what they need to do a little different if they're willing to, you know, do things different. So, uh, so everything's going good. Um, going to Hope, Fred starts this program called the Discipleship Program. So we take on um, a few different guys. And from day one, uh, the discipleship program we did, we met before church mostly. um, And some of it was, the whole premise of the discipleship program was to, if we could have more Christian men in Casper, and we could develop more Christian men, how much stronger would the city be? That was the basic premise of the discipleship program, was just to build Christian men and in the discipleship program um some of us were there to be a part of that group and some of us were there to start our own group and uh, and go from there so i did a year-long internship with him in the discipleship group and then i split off and started my own group uh, under that discipleship program so i'm kind of in two groups right now um, when Fred's group meets, I still meet with them prior to my group. Like I did still this even today. Yeah, even today. This morning we met, and then I go to my group. So his group's like at seven thirty, mine's like eight thirty, and then um and then I have you know the guys that attend my group, and we've probably had maybe eleven different guys, twelve different guys, you know, over the
0: three years or yeah, so that we've yeah. been doing it. You and guys just, have been very consistent.
1: Yeah, and that that's the thing that when I commit. Committed to it. It was a long haul thing. Every Sunday, you know, I try to be there. And If we're, if we're not traveling, you know, I'm there. Right. You know, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so it, and it's been just a great thing. That's one of the things that that whole pastor thing I was talking about from Ohio, I was feeling called to do something. I'm called to facilitate this group. Like, this is like my thing, you know, that I think God wants me to do right now. And I think there's some other stuff coming because God was doing some stuff uh, last week that, you know, I was kind of... Felt a little like I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to doubt you, but I have never considered that. You, know, you need to thing. charge into it the same so, way you
0: charge into battle. And well, that's whenever what I'm doing. You've seen anything? Yep. Yeah, you just yeah. need to jump right on it because he's got he's got such a huge plan for your life. Amen. But it, it isn't necessarily always for your life, but he needs you to be a part of so many men's lives mm-hmm. that where they look back just like you start mentioning very specific people that helped you along yeah there is going to be a whole collective of men when you get to heaven uh, of men and women and that are going to line up to say thank you
1: hey you know i i try to be humble i appreciate that and um and you know uh you know, one of the things that I do in all aspects of my life is I look at this as a team, mm-hmm.
0: you yeah, know, that, that's and all your training, it, and it all means, that stuff. Yeah. Comes in. And and they need that. Yeah. That's something missing in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, we have developed, especially here in Wyoming. I don't yep. know where it is in other places, but here we get very independent thinking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. If you irritate me, mm-hmm. I just move away. Yeah. I just, sure. that that's, I mean, we look at my place here. It's two and a half. I'm acres. subject to that too. Yeah. We're yeah. two and a half acres big. And mm-hmm. I'm like, why did I, why am I so close to my neighbor? He's almost an acre away. Right, I right. should have built further that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I get it. Um, you know, it's like, I I feel like we're all in this together in the way of, there's going to be some bad times. And. When you look around, I've had bad times, Mm -hmm. and when I looked around, those couple of people that were there, those were the ones that were there. Right, and they're there today. That's developing a family. If I called them up and needed something, I'm pretty sure they'd do it. They know if they called me up, I'll be there if that's what I got to do. And it's just it's it's a brotherhood, even a little bit. You know,
0: I've found that definitely has to be a brotherhood. Yeah we have to have that that thickness together i Mm mean um when you take a look at coming from a military uh, and i was not in the military unfortunately but that when you're coming from the military you come out of guys that are all pulled together from all over and you you have to work together Mm -hmm. to survive and it comes the same way as uh you make me laugh. He's looking out the window, folks. Just he's like, "Is it snowing yet?" <laughs> but uh, they look at the at, at it as we depend on each other to survive, and that is the way we need to approach our Christian life. Yeah. So yeah. So what? you you went to the mission. I got to catch you back go up ahead. in yeah. here. Yeah. You you go to the mission. You do some stuff for them. You end up very strong, involved in Hope Church. You don't currently attend Hope Church. No, no. <laughs> but you're still just like me we're connected to many churches absolutely. Yep. and we uh we don't see ourselves as um separated from them we're mm-hmm. just not attending there at this time we're exactly attending right. at this other i attend yep. uh restoration at this point mm-hmm. i have attended. oh i love hope church yeah, me too. And, and uh you attend actually at river of life right mm-hmm. with uh, a very good friend of ours uh west canal yeah absolutely and, and uh we don't and. All of these guys, this is the way it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. All these churches get along. We're not out here uh, jumping ship from place to place. We're supporting. You're actually there doing music. Yeah, and he really needed help with music. Sure.
1: And Shannon's helped set up the uh, kids program. So she's,
0: yeah, delved
1: into that. And, and just the the short story was that um, Shannon had got sick. Uh, this is the second time she's had a cancer. And had it removed and praise God, she's cancer free. And, um, uh, we look at it, things a little bit differently. Both times that we had cancer, you know, um, we talked and we prayed and, and I said, you know, we're not scared of cancer. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. we, it's not taking over our life.
0: Right. And it's when, a, we, when it's situation. when it's a,
1: when it's time for us to be all upset and all that stuff, we'll get upset. But right now we're in fight mode. So we're just going to fight together. Mm-hmm. we're going to pray together and we're just going to figure this out Praise and God. that's what we did and she was super strong and we were strong together and we just didn't take that oh you know what am i going to do we're going to have cancer we're going to fight it this is what we're going to do we're going to kill it and we are going to get it out of our body and that's what we did and the them.
0: attitude has a lot to do with survival rate. Right? sure yep yep i mean if you you take the woe is me it's going to be woe is you it just makes it harder but uh but when she got sick
1: again um she had her kidney removed and uh, we, that's when we kind of stepped back from Hope because we were really active in things. And uh, we started just kind of checking out some different stuff. And my, I was playing with a band called Clint Soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, we played at River of Life for, um, for an event. And when I was there, I just felt like God said, hey, 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 you're supposed to be here. Um, maybe I didn't make it clear in some way. I don't think he told me before, but he was like, I just felt that presence like I'm supposed to be at River. So I told Shannon about it. And I told the band members too. I'm like, hey, you guys better start praying. God's, I feel like God's telling us we're supposed to be here and do something. And uh, so we came in. And we you know, t- we talked to to Pastor Wes and, and said, hey, look, we're going to start coming here. I feel like God's told us to come here. So we're here. I don't know what we're going to do or what you're supposed to do. But we're here. We're here to help. If you need something, run it by us and we'll, we'll try to do it. You know, whatever it is. Because at that time, there was no worship team. No, they no didn't have a team worship team. Plan. There was just like... Uh, they were doing video worship, you yeah, know. They were doing what they what they, what they were, could do, you know. Absolutely. And uh, and they end up bringing in uh, Philip and Carrie Derby, which has been just great. And yeah, we've all they got awesome. and we got more Scott Harris and Jim Stingle and Melody uh, Canal and all these people that are you know and helping Sting, and Stingle's an insurance guy. He's an insurance guy, yeah. <laughs> and so, he, but he is also a very good musician. Yeah. So it's just been you know, and it's just been a, a, a really great thing. But, uh, you know, one of the things I was going to tell you when you were talking about how we as the church would get these separations. Well, you know, I had a new director come in when I worked for the state, and uh, he said, I'm getting rid of this division of parole authority, right? He's like, because we don't need divisions in this department. Ooh, that's good. They are part of this department, and we're going to remove anything that's a division. And that's something that's always stuck with me, is that what kind of divisions— have we qualified in our life and our community and our thing that well it's okay because it's a division? Well, no, no, no. There's never a okay time when there's a division. We need to get rid of those divisions because divisions isn't family. Right? Divisions right. isn't team. Divisions
0: isn't gelling together right that's why we need to set denominations aside oh boy you're 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 welcome to it yeah to your practices your history your your i love you god bless you but we are not separate from one another you know uh when i was in africa uh one of the funny things that happened is i'm talking to a lutheran lady uh a lady from the lutheran church i don't know what senate and then we're also talking to somebody was from the uh, Anglican church. And I said, oh, you guys all work together. They said, honey, this is Africa. We don't have those kind of separations yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, There is me mm-hmm. and her team. And then there was them and their team. And we make sure everything, it's about Jesus. Yeah. And that is what it needs to be. That's right. So, amen. That's thank you. That is a great word.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I'll tell you is that, um, you know, I don't, I don't take any shots at other denominations no need to. and and any of that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll tell you that I think that a lot of the domin, denominational, if you've actually taken the time to read. What their doctrine is and what they believe, it'll be very eye opening. And what they don't believe, because I really believe that denominations were really focused on building a community of like minded people that could gather together and and practice Christianity with you're people that all believe the same thing. And that's just the Jeremyism, and the way to put it real quick. And I'm not mad at you because you do that or you don't do this or no, whatever. No, you're spot the, on. The right thing that, that that I just want everybody to know is that. Um, the 101st Airborne tutor tour in Vietnam person that I served in corrections with and was one of a mentor and friend of mine that wasn't allowed to join his church because the denomination doesn't allow members to smoke cigarettes. That's her thing, man. That was the thing that just opened my eyes and said, oh, oh, Wait a minute. Maybe we need to love people the way Jesus loved, whether there's a Marlboro pack of Marlboros in your pocket or not. I can still love you. And and this is one of these guys that he volunteered all of his time after he retired. He's at the church every day gardening and doing anything he needed to do. But because he smoked cigarettes, he couldn't join as a member. And that was just one of the things that will always stick out, that they created a division. Yeah. That they did not allow an honorable man that parachuted into Vietnam twice, and did some was in some bad stuff. and Is partially disabled because he got a pack of camels in his pocket or whatever. So that that just made me that just was an eye opener, you know, as my growth. And that is here, mm-hmm. man. I, I'm I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you, and that if you can focus on Jesus and everything, mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about anything else. Because that's it. You know, just put some Jesus on this. Carry some Jesus in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever you have a question, uh, insert Jesus here. Uh, and if you can focus on that, I'm not saying you're not going to go through hard times. You can go through hard, harder times. Maybe because now, now you're a target. You know, all those people that don't know Jesus, the devil don't got to do nothing with them. He already owns them. Yeah, absolutely. It's done. Done deal. I don't do nothing. But when you start carrying some Jesus around with you, well. Guess what? Now you're starting to get a little target. Now you're starting to be somebody that he needs to worry about. And I'm here to tell you folks, he needs to be worried about me. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be worried about you if you carry some Jesus with you. Because we came here to win. We came here to to decimate. We came here to take over. Because that's what happens um, when you follow Jesus you you win you don't ever have to be afraid you got that peace and even in the bad and the scary times and the bullets are flying or the words are flying because the words are a whole lot more dangerous sometimes than the than the bullets can be right. in the long run because the words you know I can run out of bullets but usually I can talk and talk and talk and
0: talk as you're seeing now <laughs> you know but um in our second hour <laughs> right contemplating a third one but I know he's gonna have to go to work but <laughs> hey uh so just to kind of wrap this up yes sir you went, uh, Christ is very much the center of your life at mm-hmm. this point. Yeah. And it has uh, definitely improved your relationship with it and your family. You're mm-hmm. raising your boys in yep. that. Uh, you're currently looking at opening up a, a Christian school. I do not want to not mm-hmm. talk about Perfect. that. Yep. Uh, with uh, uh, one of my friends, Pastor Jack. Yep. And uh, so. Very briefly, I'm sorry. I know if you guys can hear my granddaughter crying in the back, my studio is located in the house, <laughs> and uh, my six-month-old granddaughter is uh, giving her grandma a bad time right now. <laughs> so, But uh, <laughs> that's my life, so that's sure. I know you're good with that. Absolutely. So, uh, on the other end, so the school. Uh, you guys are looking at starting up a Christian school here right. in... Wyoming in Casper, Wyoming, actually. So give me just real brief on that. Yeah. So,
1: um, one of the things that, that we identified was in Casper that there isn't accredited Christian schools that you can, uh, receive a diploma from when you graduate high school. And there isn't a Christian high school per se. There are some, um, great Christian schools that um, will cater to a grade if they, ne- if they need it. If they have a population that attended, you know, they'll do a ninth grade through 12th grade. Um, but there's not one that's set in stone, that like, this is what we do. So um, I was asked to, to join this um, group of folks a year and some change ago that were trying to get uh, some strategies together on how they're gonna do this. And uh, I just had a, a really good uh, uh, sense about it. I really like the fact that they're going after an accreditation um, in, their, in their school and uh, they're open-minded and we did a big feasibility study this summer where we talked to all kind of people about you know what they thought about a Christian school and what we needed and what what things didn't we need and what should be willing to do and what's it gonna take to be able to do it differently and so a lot of the schools that are uh, religious schools are mission-based schools so um, anybody uh, comes in pays tuition they're going to come in and they're going to you know they're going to get an education and the schools typically those budgets are based completely off of their tuition and right. you know if they can do a little fundraising or what the church can support that's kind of how it goes and what we're trying to do is create a school of excellence and have a covenant school where we actually uh, can generate some development dollars to help take it to where we have certified teachers that are making a uh, competitive wage with the school district and, um, actually be able to produce, you know, a diploma. And if we have college prep, then we can go towards college prep and be with the BOCES program where they can go to Casper college as they attend the school and basically be able to offer a full, fully fledged accredited Christian junior high and high school. We're trying to start at sixth grade and ninth grade in the fall of 2020. And, um, and add a grade each year is what we're looking at right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need support. So uh, you can go to casperchristianschool.org to find more information about it. But... um
0: this is the big project I've been working on for the last year. Right. And I'm, that's exactly what I wanted you to do. I wanted you to mention that uh, so they can look that up. So one more time. So it's casperchristianschool.org. Um, there's also
1: a private group on Facebook that's going to be coming uh, that you could uh, request to be a part of. And we're going to be bringing all kinds of different fundraising and more awareness to the uh, to the city. Because you know we've completed our uh, feasibility study now, mm-hmm. and uh, we're uh, we've already got some people we've been talking to about you know fulfilling positions and, and
0: everything. So excellent. Uh, you know, actually, when I heard you guys talking about that behind me the other day, I sent a text to my little brother immediately. Nice. And my little brother, as you know, mm-hmm. is a school teacher, has okay. been a school teacher in the past. Gotcha. And. Uh, I hear people all the time ask me why my brother quit teaching school and it's because he did not agree with the curriculum yeah. that was being taught. And we cannot continue to send our children to, uh, you know, you cannot, you you can't send them to Nero and not expect them to come home a Roman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, the reason that that really struck me is when I came home, I discussed it with my wife because I said, if they get this thing going, we're finding a way to help support it. I, I don't care what we're doing. We're finding a way to help support it. And she goes, reason? I said, I've got two reasons. Mm-hmm. That's right. I got two grand- I got two grandchildren. You've got children. Yep. I, I don't want them educated mm-hmm. to hate Christianity right? and to accept everything of the world mm-hmm. without hesitation. Yep. Uh, they're indoctrinating our children when we need to be educating our children. And um, I don't want to get on a political soapbox, sure. but the truth of the matter is, I respect what you're doing there. And um, that, and at the end of your discussion there, I was like, hey dude, can you, yep. come, can you come and talk? Because mm-hmm. your, your life story is one that it definitely needs told. Uh, oh, thank you. And your, your commitment in our community, I, I feel blessed. That God called you to Wyoming. Amen. You made a difference in my life. I know that you picked me up a a, a couple of times when I've been dragging on the yeah, ground, had yeah, yeah, yeah. gotten smacked in the face a little bit, and had uh, had my world rocked. And uh, and you were there for me, and I appreciate okay. that. But you know, the other part of this is we uh, we are truly looking at at when i look at you I, I what i see is what a christian man is supposed to be a person that is strong able to stand up for themselves not afraid to uh take on new challenges not afraid to pursue what god has called them to but also the whole time understanding that uh it can be a little frightening yeah but uh so if you had uh beings that this is the week uh, uh Veterans Day and uh, returning home veterans mm-hmm. what would you what would be the key thing you would tell them how to leave the war zone and and come home to a family and reconnect with God or even I I, I can tell you right now that I know my brother Ethan and I know he's listening because he tunes in to us every week yeah. and uh, he is over in a, a combat zone. Mm-hmm. That's all we can say. Sure. And uh, what would you tell my brothers out there about staying connected to God in the midst of horror? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well,
1: first thing I would tell you is that Jesus loves you, even with the hard things that American soldiers and sailors and marines and, and we're all faced with having to do to complete our missions. Jesus loves you. Uh, He's there with you. Um, As often as you can, invite the Holy Spirit to be with you in that mission. Uh, Pray with and for your guys. Um, Decompress after each situation by talking to the guys who were there. Keep talking to your fellow soldiers. Keep talking to them. And you can work some of the stuff out of the things that you're dealing with by just having those conversations. Nobody has to see you in your prayer closet. Um, That's your time that you can just take it, but you have to take it. A lot of people say, well, I don't have time to do stuff. You're never going to have time. You have to make time. Make time to have that time for you and, and Jesus just to have some time together. Talk about things. Understand that people, when you come back, they don't understand, and they don't know how to talk to you, and that's okay. Uh, for the people listening, when you're dealing with somebody coming back from a combat zone, all you got to do is say, "Hey, I'm glad you're back," because no one expects you to understand what they've seen. I can't, I can't understand what they've seen because they seen they had a different combat experience than I had. Right. But I can let them know that I love them, I thank them for what they did. And that if they ever want to talk, I'll just listen. And that listening part means you have two ears and one mouth and you keep that mouth shut. You just listen. You don't judge. And you just, if they give you that honor of being someone that will, that they will talk to, then just let them talk. You don't have to do nothing else. And just let them know that they love you and that God loves them. And that, uh, and that, uh, you're glad that they're back. That's it. That's all you got to do. And, um, it's, it's the, the people that, that will say things about you know necessarily you know trying to understand and you know asking questions listen if somebody wants you to know about what their combat experience was they're just gonna tell you right, right. the people who want to talk about it will talk about it and the people that don't won't
0: so just leave it there alright well hey I, you know I wanna end this episode with uh, just saying to every person that puts on a uniform uh, thank you yes Thank you for your service. Uh, This country is uh, indebted to you, but also I am praying for you. And I know that there is a great collection of people out there praying for our soldiers. That's right. Uh, And in every position, if you are in a combat zone or if you are stationed here in the United States or wherever thank you for everything that you do for us Uh, you are what makes this country great and uh, I just want to take a second and pray for you and it'll be brief I promise you but Lord I just thank you for every soldier every person that dons that uniform every law enforcement officer every person that has put their family aside and has stepped out there to defend our nation and to uh, defend other people they don't even know. Lord, I just ask that you would just come alongside of them and build them up and uh, let them know that they're never alone. Father, just protect them. Protect their families at home and just return them to us as soon as possible. I say this in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I'll just close out with saying Jesus loves you, And I love you, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. you ever notice how some of your employees show up and they're a little red in the eyes and maybe smell a little funny and it isn't necessarily because they're not wearing deodorant one thing i think you maybe ought to do is call my friends over at rocky mountain drug testing here in casper wyoming and serving the rocky mountain region their phone number is 307-315-5858 give them a call because they're waiting on you